in hindsight, I wish I would have paused and begin to work a little smarter, begin to get talent around me, begin to invest in things, invest in myself, instead of just wake up and give it 12 hours a day and go, 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 go. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. All right, so with Heath Hill, the CEO of Lime Media, Heath, thank you for taking some time. Last week, we had a brief conversation, and you had touched on three things that were a big deal for folks who are just getting started in business. Right. But all of it circulated around the topic of relationships. Sure. So you've been in business now for, well, how long have you been in business? About 15 years. Not just Lime, though, right? Uh, Yeah, so I did the landscape business for 15 years and real estate probably the last 20 what is it about business ownership that scratches that itch for you? Or was there something that you noticed that was considerably different about you? Or was there somebody who left a kind of their, I don't want to say their imprint, but yeah, who inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Probably my grandfather. He owned his own handbag business of all things and just really saw the ability to create something, be something, no real limits other than yourself. He helped me get my first lawnmower. And really, it just never was another option. It was just kind of what was laid out on the table and never once had a job, never once got a paycheck. So it just kind of, I think, fell into place for me. Do you think that people, just based off of that that perspective, do you think that people are born that way? They're wired? To, to become entrepreneurs or can they learn it? Uh, I would say I definitely think half the people out there are born into it. Okay. Um, they don't necessarily choose it. They don't even know why they're doing it. It's just kind of instinctual. Um, and then I think that there's people that get mentored and learn repeatable processes and things that really take their ability to do things and do it really, really well to another level. And then they decide to go do their own thing or maybe they figure out how to get capital. And I think they learn how to minimize their fear. I think a true entrepreneur never has fear. They just don't see it any other way. So they kind of see it as opportunity where the other 98% see it as fear and how can you do that? And I think that's probably the biggest difference. I mean, most people would categorize what you're talking about as, as inspiration in a way, something that's conceptual that they can kind of see with their mind before it actually manifests itself in the physical. So those principles don't always calculate for, for folks that are more analytical, so to speak, or they, sure. they need to see something physical first before right. they, they actually can make it happen. Right. However, that's not the way that you've learned. Right. You've learned through experience. You always haven't had folks around you, though, that right. support what it is that you're doing. So, you know, a commonality when you're working with different types of folks, especially in business, is how do you deal with people who just don't think like you? Sure. So I would say probably most of my professional life, I didn't have people that thought like me, probably the last three to four years, we've been able to recruit talent. And that term in itself sounded comical to me my whole life because I don't think I valued talent. I think I just thought I couldn't afford them and it was what it was and didn't really realize that talent will always pay for itself. And I think it's just a process. Had I to do my life over again or or speak into either one of my boys, I think mentorship would have been 
I would have sought it out even more than I did. Um, I definitely sought it out at a young age, but I don't know how intentional I was with it. Whereas my boys are, you know, my oldest is meeting, you know, men and, and women too for breakfast, you know, every week trying to learn and trying to get spoken into. And I just never really knew that was a, a viable option that successful people wanted to, to meet with aspiring people. Never knew Never had anybody tell me that that was an option. So that's probably the the aha that I would tell you is that successful people have a burning passion in giving that success away to other people through time, talent, or treasure. It's just, I don't know if that's God-given or just the way the world works, but I've never met somebody with success that didn't want to tell me about it and at least share it with me. And then what I do with it is up to me. Well, it's, it's interesting the way you, describe that. So the majority of folks that are in business, the way that they're able to attract more is to have one to two things that they do really, really well. And that's kind of their differentiating value proposition in a way. Right. You know, this is knucklehead podcast, though. This is not you did it perfectly the first time, every time podcast. Sure. So there's things that you screwed up along the way. And what you find when I say you, I'm talking about people in business. Whenever right. they whenever they fail, they almost fail fast. And as they fail fast, they continue to accumulate wins. Right. We call that that we call that process just get some wins. Yeah. Sure. Right. And um, you know, my experience in my career, uh, obviously, it's more sales oriented, top of funnel, business development type of activities, where you're essentially pounding the phone. I mean, your your metrics, you you kind of prove your worth by being able to drill into communicating with folks. Right. You know, set meetings and close meetings. Then you have KPIs essentially on how you can measure success. But how often, or how many years, or how many months, how long did you have to go through that process before you figured out what worked for you? Yeah. Where you, you know, you have the balance of the family, but then you also have the balance of the success that you're, uh, I don't want to say chasing, but that you're accumulating throughout your career. Right. Where, where did you find that balance? And is there anything that is, was definitive that you, you messed up along the way that stood out to you? It's a big yeah, I think I, I grinded and worked way too hard for way too long. And what I mean by that is, in hindsight, I wish I would have paused and begin to work a little smarter, begin to get talent around me, begin to invest in things, invest in myself, invest into coaching, invest into systems, instead of just wake up and give it 12 hours a day and go, 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 go. Have you ever asked yourself why you haven't started a podcast? Well, I already know the reason. So do you. You don't feel like you're tech savvy. You don't feel like you got your message wired tight. And quite frankly, it's just, it's all this mystification going on. Quite frankly, uh, our process helps to demystify that. We're push button for podcasts. We're knucklehead. Why knucklehead? Well, we lead with the fact that you don't know what you're doing. We do. We've been there. We've actually been in your shoes. We take your spoken voice. We literally give a human voice to your website. You want to bring dead leads to life? Well, then you need to talk to Knucklehead. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to take you through our process and we're going to help take your human voice and increase the process for you going from dead leads to life. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, you essentially just take your human voice, put it in a directory and let people consume more of you. Give your audience the ability to Netflix on you. They want to binge watch you. They want to binge listen. Give them the ability to take your voice along on that commute with them. So... You can get in touch with us, Stephen at Knucklehead Podcasts, or if you've got a really cool story, stories at Knucklehead Podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook at Knucklehead Promotions, LLC. And get in touch with us. Don't be a beta about the process. Don't let the fact that you don't know prevent you from getting some wins. So don't be a beta, get some wins, and contact us today. See you. 
you know, at one point we had hit a level of success and I didn't even acknowledge it or really wasn't even consciously aware of it. You know, and I asked myself one day as I'm running to the copier to get something off of it because I don't have time. I've got to produce. I've got to call more, email more. And I'm like, why am I running? You know, why? We've got some wins. You know, we've got money in the bank. We've got deals on the table. Why am I still running? And although I think pace and urgency and all those qualities are things that led to some success, I also think that they can hinder you from really going to the next level. Because when you start scaling a business, hustle and grind can only take you so far. You cannot hustle your way to a $30 million business. If you can, I don't, I, I, I don't know how. At some point, you've got to get outside yourself. You've got to get systems and people. And that's a whole new world. And we're going through it right now. And it's very challenging because you can get talent, you can get systems. And sometimes all those things don't work together because it, the business is so unique. And so I think I've had to learn some patience that, hey, we don't have to grow it or figure it out today or this year. We just got to constantly evolve. We've got a guy right now trying to build a sales engine. And you talk about with your sales experience on these KPIs and we don't have any KPIs, you know, hustle, grind. And he's in here and it's very challenging, right? Everything he's saying I understand, but I'm, I've never done and I'm not familiar with. I still use a manila folder and notepad and everything he does is automated, for example. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to evolve so that all the people around me will evolve. And that part in growth is it's exciting. But did you do something similar in real estate, though, or is that just a process that you just because of the 12 hours a day, that that was kind of your MO. Yeah, I think real estate, I was always doing it on the side. So it never was a grind. It was maybe very disciplined, very focused. You know, I would get up at six and go check properties from six to 8.30 and then start my job 8.30 to six and then stop by and check a property on the way home. So I was able to, or maybe go around lunch. I took a bunch of classes that was probably the first time I really like invested in myself other than college where I went and spent 50 grand on a bunch of classes and, you know, got out of those classes. And within two weeks did my first deal that paid for the class. And it was really an aha moment. You had mentioned this. I think it was last time we had talked about how oh, I wish I could remember exactly how you said it. But the, the impression that I got left with was whenever your standard is the way that it is, and you understand that you have a responsibility to succeed at different points in your life. You viewed success differently and right. you, you view it sure. now as a responsibility to pass on to, to in a way kind of lead the next generation, but at the same time also to pass lessons that you received earlier in your career. Right. How do you split your value as an individual versus the performance or so, so to speak, of, of your business? Yeah, it's a great question. So to me, they're one and the same. So I, I, leverage the business to just accelerate me, the person, my value. It gives me a platform. So today we gave money to a cancer group. We gave money to a firefighters group. We gave money to this other thing that's going on with some of our employees. And I probably wouldn't be able to do that personally above and beyond giving to the ministries and stuff. But as a business, it's something where we feel called to do and give more than we take. So 
I have an account set up where I've got to give it away every single month. Well, because I'm the owner of that business, I get to try to figure out, all right, what can I do to really help engage all the people around us, you know, and, and is there a casino night to stomp out cancer that's going to rally guys together and, and, and grow internally above and beyond the good it's going to do for the, the benefit that works. It's like a double win. So I think to me, you know, money's just kind of how you can keep score, you know, once you become a million dollar company, a five, a 10, a 25, it's probably just a scoreboard. Honestly, it, it means less and less to me. I think the value, though, is the ability to engage people around me um, at a level that nobody else would have that influence or ability to do so. And I think that part I take super serious. And I just like it. I enjoy it, which makes it easy to do, right? So yeah. when I'm here 10 hours in a day, it never feels like work because I get those little opportunities to kind of leverage leverage the business that way. When you so when you talk about leverage and and the perspective that you have, we try to extract some perspective also from from every person we sit down with and that is when folks that you care about, folks that you you so into that don't think the way that you do and we're talking about family right. and potentially some dead weight in an organization sometimes. Sure. How do you evaluate that? How do you how do you not necessarily get involved in the emotional churn? Yeah. And, and actually operate a business? So for me, it's super simple. Most, it probably isn't. My job is to lead the horse to water. If it drinks or not, it's got nothing on me. I'd love to see them drink, but I don't really get emotional about it. I feel passionate and emotional about the process of getting them from here to here. And then what they do with it after that's kind of between them and God. But I feel like I'm going to be accountable for, did I move them from here to here? I think my wife, on the other hand, could care less about moving them from here to here, just cares if they drink. I think there's probably other people in life that feel that need. It just isn't. It isn't mine. We, we were doing some goal setting last week and teaching five fabricators how to goal set. They had never heard of goal setting, never had anybody show them, never heard the term, you're the sum of the five people you hang around, never heard the term, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. No concept of what I was talking about. So I spent 45 minutes with them, showed them how to goal set, take a 2020 plan. We did it in real time. So they walked out with that and they really bought into the fact that, man, if I'm the sum of the five people I'm around, I need to make some changes. Right. And so it was an aha moment. Now, have any of them done it? Is there any movement? I don't know. But to me, I'll do some follow up just to kind of do my part. But other than that, you know, I really feel like onto the next project and we'll see, you know, on the other side, of life, if that's right or wrong, but for whatever reason, it's very black and white to me. Yeah. It hasn't always been that way, right? So it took some time to get to that yeah. point. I remember us talking because we've known each other for some time, but you had talked about taking some tests that revealed back to you uh, where your strengths were. Sure. And at some point in time, you just said, hey, listen, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to operate. Yeah. I'm not necessarily going to go try to shore up some of my you know, for lack of a better term, weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. And yeah. that was, those were so valuable. Strength finder is what it was. So this is one of my strengths is coming in, getting somebody excited about something. But for me to follow up and, and 
mentor them or coddle them along the way is not my strength. I couldn't read a contract to save my life. So now I have a CFO to do that. And that's what <laughs> we were talking about. Yeah. I think one afternoon is that I can't be all things to all people. And, you know, I'm really good at the couple things I'm good at, but I really need to just stay out of the lane of these things that I'm weak at and try to hire around. And that's really what I would deem people that have success. They do a really good job of hiring around them, you know, where they're weak. So let's wrap with with this. So it's an interesting thing, given that you have kids and you have uh, fabricators or folks that work for you, age range on who gives inspiration from all over the world. You've been all over the world. What do you see? So if you if you could fast forward two to three years and you see the way that uh, your business is operating, you also see the way that people consume information and you also see this kind of this dynamic environment where there's problems that exist in the marketplace. People don't always operate with integrity or morals and values and, or the highest level of ethics, whether they're in business or not. Right. Where do you see or how do you see business changing as your kids now then take over the leadership for the marketplace as they as things go and grow and evolve and change? It's a great question. You know, it's hard for me to project 5, 10, 25 years. I mean, 10 years ago, social media in my world didn't exist. You know, I remember the first campaign we did where we were trying to get likes on Facebook. And we really didn't know why or what we were going to do with it. But that was the whole campaign. The evolution has happened so fast over the last 18 to 24 months that I can't imagine what it's going to look like two years from now. I do know this. It's not going to look anything like it looks like today. So for me, I think we've got to pivot faster. We've got to move quicker. We've got to call the audibles more and not get comfortable or set in our ways because the technology, I mean, 5G is going to change everything. We haven't even experienced it yet. When I drew the parallel that 3G in in Sprint and AT&T is what allowed us to get apps and Facebook and Netflix and all the things that we we kind of feel like have now been there forever, they didn't exist before 3G happened. 3G allowed all that technology to work kind of on the super highways, and we don't even connect Uber with Sprint's 3G, but without it, there would be no Uber. Um, and I think that's the part that was so aha. And so when they talk about 5G, there's no more downloading. It's it's there. It's just streaming. It's real time. And the fact that we, we got to go to a 5G experience and see how fire chiefs are, you know, at some point not going to be going up into the building, around the building, but they're actually going to be in VR and be in suits and be able to fly all over the building without ever leaving the office and control the entire city, what they're calling smart cities, which will come over the next decade. It's mind-blowing. So I feel like we're going to have all these kids just fighting fires potentially from a computer. Like it, it doesn't even register or make sense to us, but it's coming. When they showed me what's possible in smart cities, it's mind-blowing. I think we will be marketing in a world where we can take somebody through an experience that doesn't even exist, but they're in a physical world, but we're taking them into the digital world. Ready Player One does a great job kind of showing that, but I think that will become a form of marketing because there's no inventory. There's no catalog. It's infinite, you know, and you can have it your way in real time. So 
what's coming, who knows? But I'm excited about it. Well, it's interesting because you're in the experiential marketing business. Right. I mean, you take something largely conceptual and you give people at least a framework, a taste of what's capable. And then it's interesting the way that you had talked about, you lead people to the water and it's what they, whatever they want to do with it after they get to that certain point. Sure. And that's essentially what kind of what your business is too. Sure. Right. Right. And, uh, and people are allowed to experience and kind of go through those iterations themselves by experiencing the activations that y'all put together. Yeah. So. And I think as I've got older, I've realized that everybody's perception and everybody's preconceived perception is so different. Yeah. I think my whole world was grown up around the idea that everybody kind of thinks alike, walks alike, and talks alike. And it's just fundamentally not true, right? And marriage teaches us a lot about that. Yeah. I'm sure that there's some scientists somewhere in California that would disagree, but that's for them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, with Heath Hill, the CEO of Lime Media, appreciate you taking some time today. Anything else that you want to leave these folks with or the best way that they can get in touch with you or your business? Yeah. You know, lime-media.com, probably close with this. We didn't spend a lot of time diving into relationships, but one of the things I would challenge you with is that Whatever relationships you're trying to create, don't be intimidated. Don't feel like you're not good enough or that person's too high level. Because what I can tell you is most of those high level people aren't being approached for relationships or for mentorship. And again, this is what I'm talking about relationally is is more giving than taking. Uh, Sure, salespeople hit these people up. But what I'm talking about is a way to see life or an attitude or a perspective or trying to gain some knowledge. And what you'll find is that nine out of 10 people want to give that to you and give it to you very freely. But you do have to pursue it. You do have to ask for it. So I challenge you with that because it is pretty life changing when you begin to get higher level people speaking into you and and you start realizing as the sum of the five people you're around elevates, you begin to elevate with them. I really don't have anything else other than to say thank you. Enjoyed it. Appreciate you.